everyone, and welcome to the Tightwad Tech, episode 45, Hodgepodge for 400, Alex, for May 5th. 2011. This is a second in our series. We didn't know it was going to be a series, but it seems right. to have worked out that way, of HodgePodge episodes. The first one I called HodgePodge for 200, so uh, this is HodgePodge for 400, because it's the second one, and in Double Jeopardy, there's twice as much, and yeah. And what so, that really means is uh, Sean really kind of screwed up and, <laughs> and didn't, didn't have a, a show properly lined out for this week. <laughs> well, the, you know... We said long ago that this show started uh, just based off of our conversations and that we thought we should uh, um, record some of those and maybe let other people join in. So uh, today we just thought we would have some of our conversations in front of you. Uh, we don't have a guest. We don't have a particular topic. But we have a lot of things that weren't um, big enough to be full topics. Right. So... They're micro topics, so that we're just going to put them all together into a hodgepodge episode. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so the first thing Sean wanted to say is, uh, well, I wanted to say happy, happy Cinco de Mayo. So uh, if you're in the chat room with us, you're going to completely not know what I'm talking about. But uh, the or release- if you're based anywhere other than Texas or Mexico, right? Know, yeah, I don't know. Well, they might have big Cinco de Mayo celebrations in like Wisconsin. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we've got some listeners up in those northern reaches. Maybe they could tell us if it's as big up there. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, so I just you know looking at the schedule, I saw that we were releasing this. Uh, on May 5th, so we wanted to go ahead and throw that in there. Uh, right. Cinco de Mayo is uh, essentially the Independence Day for the Mexican nation. It's their right. July 4th. And since Texas is essentially Mexico North, um, right. it's kind of a big deal here. <laughs> so happy Cinco de Mayo. All right. And I, I just want to mention very quickly that I, I will refrain from mentioning my new laptop Right, you're not going to talk about that. I can't talk about my new uh, Asus uh, Gamer Series laptop that I bought because every time I do talk about things like that, I get in trouble. So I won't yeah. mention that it's uh, got a terabyte hard drive and uh, 8 gigs of RAM and uh, uh, <laughs> NVIDIA uh, 1.5 gig uh, or megs of RAM uh, video card. I won't mention any of that. We're not going to have a show about it or anything, right? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> not, uh, not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and Slipped in the chat room says that you can't put Linux on. That's right. The, the hardware is too bleeding edge. There aren't Linux drivers for the sound card or um, something else. And so, yeah, I tried to put uh, uh, Ubuntu on it and couldn't do it. So I'm going to have to wait six months or so for them to catch up with me. Um, but, no, I, I'm not going to mention that. So, uh, you know, otherwise I might get in trouble. Right, right. We don't want you getting roasted in the in the forums That's or anything. Right. <laughs> and uh, this next item, Mark, I'm really kind of, I think is a really cool idea. So uh, I have to kick that off. For those of you watching the video, all three of you, um, let me put it up there so that you can see it. I have this really rinky-dink little... No, 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 let me, I don't want to say it that way. This awesome, this fantastically cool, amazingly go. awesome MP3 player um, <laughs> that a vendor uh, sent to me at some point in the past. I've had it sitting on my desk for months, uh, literally. Um it's it's fine for what it is. It's a it's a little five twelve meg uh, player. It's got a built in FM radio. It's a Dell DJ uh, Diddy 
uh, MP3 player. I have decided rather than just sit this, have this sitting on my desk, I'm going to give it away to a lucky Tightwad Tech listener. And uh, what we're going to do is uh, have a contest and. I should have manicured my nails if I was going to be doing the, <laughs> the hand model thing. You can see there it's got, uh, um, it's, it's like an iPod shuffle, essentially. Right. Um, it has fast forward and play and rewind, uh, uh, but it doesn't do a whole lot. It's got a very simple little LED display on it that tells you the, the track and everything. Uh, it's a simple little thing. In fact, my very first MP3 player was a lot like this one. And, uh, if you don't have one, uh, then it'll be great for you. It's it's good for listening to podcasts on. It'll hold uh, ooh, roughly ten shows of the average podcast, or or twenty maybe if they're small. Right, or if you have if you have uh, kids, they're great for them too. You know, right. that's, I know my daughter. Uh, I I love putting her little you know kids music on those things, and since it's very simple, she can you right. Know, navigate and I'm through. giving it to you, so if you lose it or break it, you won't care, right? It's a freebie. Um, but I'm also going to throw in uh because uh, slipped in the chat room said that if we're gonna do a giveaway, we should have something with our logo on it. I'm gonna throw a T-shirt in there too, so oh, you'll get an MP3 player, which is okay, and a T-shirt. Yeah, represent. Yeah, okay. Um. And uh, we'll we'll deal with those uh, when the think time comes. But for uh, for the month of May, we'll be running this competi- uh, competition contest. And here's how I've decided I'm gonna. Do, I'm actually making this up as we go. So um, <laughs> you guys in the chat room, if you have a better idea, throw it out there, and and maybe we'll modify it. But here's what I'm thinking: you go to a site other than the Tightwad Tech website, or right? some other website, one you own, your own blog, or some other site, and you write a review about the Tightwad Tech podcast, okay? Then you come back to our forums, and I'll create a, a forum um, for it, and you, you post the link to your um, review with a description of it, all right? So you got that. You go somewhere else. You're not writing the review on our website. You go somewhere else, uh, on somebody else's blog or on your own blog or wherever, somewhere out there on the internet. You come back to our forums, you post a link to it with a little description, and then we'll have our community vote on the best ones. Now, when I say the best ones, I don't necessarily mean the most truthful. Okay. <laughs> if you want to write that listening to the Taiwan tech, tech made hair grow back and cured your cancer, I'm fine with that. You know, whatever <laughs> that's between you and your personal deities, whatever you right. think you want to write there. But we're looking for the best review, the the funniest, the most outrageous, the most um, uh, imaginative. And if there's some truth in there, that's not a bad thing either. Right. Sure, right. You know, sure. and and you could talk about you know you met Sean in a prison down in Sing Sing. You know. Um, <laughs> And slowly he turned and step by step um, whatever you want to do but go out there write it somewhere post a link to it back here in our forum so we'll be gathering those for the entire month of uh of may and then we'll let the uh, community vote on it and the one that is voted the highest and uh, understanding that sean and i have a vote uh, that's exactly 10,000 times higher than everybody else um so the one that gets the most votes right. Um, we'll, we'll win the Dell DJ Diddy 512 meg MP3 player plus a tightwad t-shirt. 
So there we go. Sounds like a good deal. I think that'll be fun. It'll be a good way to uh, maybe spread the news about the Taiwan Tech, but also just a, a fun thing to to do as the end of the school year draws nigh and we all get a little loopy. Um, I could see uh, some of you guys staying up after having had a, maybe a few too more too many alcoholic beverages and writing something really clever. Yeah, sure. Keep it PG. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Don't Remember, you are crazy. you are our ambassadors. You represent the show. You represent Sean and, and me when you do that. So uh, uh, keep it clean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think that'll be fun. And so that's our um, MB3 giveaway for the month of May. I'll come up with a better name for that at some point, I think. All right. So does that lead us into our uh, discussion? Well, I mean, if you were waiting for some sort of snazzy lead yeah, or something, so a, some for me to throw it, nah, it's not that kind of show. Yeah, this is usually the part where <laughs> we've got like an edit cut, and then, okay, so we're bringing on Joe, Joe from Philadelphia. It's not that kind of show. This is right. a winging it show. Um, <laughs> so I guess we're going to start off with uh, something we've touched on in the past, and we just don't think we really did a good enough job well, on it, Well, it's right? not really that. It's... Uh, t- in the course of my job today, I had uh, opportunity to uh, talk with two different uh, support professionals um, <laughs> at two different entities. And almost every time, almost without without fail, uh, I have to deal with these people. I am struck by the lack of professionalism that I'm encountered uh, that I, I encounter. Um, so I just wanted to. I don't know, maybe it's a soapbox. I'm not sure uh, what it is I, I want to say, but it's very important if you are in this business, if you are a technician or a technical support person, it's very important that you be a professional. Uh, for example, the, the young lady that I was talking with today um, would do things like mutter to herself while I'm on hold with her going, all right, let's see, we'll click here and we'll try that. And and, and that's okay, but I don't need to hear that, right? I've got her on speakerphone and I'm trying to do my work. She had to remote into one of my servers and do some work for this proprietary system. Just do your work, all right? And and keep it quiet and keep your um, opinions out of it. I kept hearing her say things like, you know, they told me this was supposed to work. Let me put you on hold while I go uh, chew somebody out about this. And then put me on hold and come back. Yeah, and it was just a, well, okay, here's what we got to do. Right. Look, don't bring your personal stuff to work. Um, that's, I understand we, we have a lot of, uh, people in this audience who are, you know, veterans of, of their profession and, and, uh, maybe you don't, uh, need to hear what we're saying, but I also know that there's a lot of new people out there, uh, who, who might need to hear this, uh, Particularly if you are a geek, as I've often said, sometimes the skill set of of technology and and people relations uh, don't necessarily overlap. So you can have somebody who is an excellent technician who can't carry on a normal conversation, right? Uh, and you're out there, and if you know that's you, it's okay. You just got to learn to deal with it, you know. And some people have to work hard at math. You have to work hard at people. And, well, and, either that or you need to really make a career decision and decide, you know, I, there's so many different areas of technology you can go into. And, uh, you know, so maybe you need to look at, you know, going a different path. Uh, but I do think that any path that you go on, you're going to have to exercise those skills to some degree. I mean, even the geekiest of geeks or the, the hardcore programmers are going to work on some team of programmers. Right. Nobody works alone. 
ever. Uh, you know, you, you have to interact with people. Well, and how many times have you seen when you, you go in and you see those teams of programmers and they get along like like seventh graders? I mean, it's just, it, it's childlike, you know, the way that they, they bicker and argue right. over stupid little things. And, uh, so it, it's kind of interesting, but you know, if you're going to be in any kind of work environment, uh, you've got to be able to relate to people who are around you regardless. And obviously if you're supporting end users, then it's even that much more important. You know, I, it's, it's just something I wanted to bring up because I encounter it so often. And, um, you know, I, I think we've mentioned it before, the, the, uh, uh, old Saturday Night Live skit. Uh, Google Nick, your company's computer guy. All right. And, um, right. That is a great oh, one. What's the guy's name? I forget the actor's name who played that character. Uh, he really, he didn't play who you are. He played who people think you are as a technician, you know, right. the guy who comes in and makes them feel stupid and, and talks down to them. You may not mean to do that. Right. But here I am sitting on the phone today talking with an hourly wage employee. Um, you know, I am a, a 15 year plus veteran of my field, uh, and being talked down to by, you know, a 20 year old script reader. I didn't appreciate that very much. Uh, and that's not a way to win friends and influence people. And you may not think that you represent your company, but you do. When you talk to uh, uh, people, you represent your employer, your school district or your company or your whoever your employer is. Uh, so just be aware of that. Well, and I want to, and I think this bridges into our next subject, but uh, talk about uh, that also goes along the lines of just career path. Okay. And, and really moving up the ladder. Now, you know, obviously in uh, the education world, that may be somewhat limited, um, as it is in our case because of the size of the district and everything. But I can't tell you how many times I've seen people who couldn't, uh, you know, move up, wouldn't, you know, they weren't moving up that career ladder, so to speak. And they could never really see that that's really what they were lacking. You know, right. sure. They worked hard. They were there every day. They did their job. But, you know, they couldn't get along. You know, you couldn't put them in the same room with anybody. Um, and uh, so, you know, it's important there, too, if you have any aspirations of moving up. Uh, maybe you're young and you're you're working for something that's small time now, but you'd like to get on with, a, you know, a more prominent company or something like that. You're going to have to have that polish. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it's important for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, and, and it goes along with uh, something that I don't think we've talked about and, and, and we should, is the, the idea of, of personal marketing. You want to create a brand uh, of yourself, uh, whatever that is. Now, obviously, Sean and I are, are trying to break into the world of media, and so that uh, we've made ourselves public personalities, and so that personal brand uh, becomes an issue. But uh, more than that, you all you ha you carry with you a personal brand. Uh, it's like uh, when you were in school, they used to threaten you with things that would go on your permanent record, right? Um, everybody you deal with, every interaction you do, that does go on your permanent record in one way or another. Right. And um, and part of of the the skill set of branding yourself is not only being a professional, uh, but also letting people know that you're a professional. You could be um, the best sequel wizard on the planet and nobody would know it and you're never going to get another job and you're never going to move up because you're just sort of the guy behind the scenes who makes stuff go and, and you're like the magic cobbler's elves, you know, they come out and make shoes for him. 
as I mentioned previously, due to, to circumstances with the you know job market here in Texas, I'm I'm out looking for other work right now and and um, looking for uh, other jobs. And I had an interview uh, a couple of weeks ago, and the fellow I, I interviewed with uh, made the comment as I was leaving, that I was the most professional person that he had talked to. He had talked to several people to fill this uh, technical thing, and he said that I was the most professional. And it occurred to me um, after the fact that really all I did was dress nice and look him in the eye and say, sir. Um, and and that <laughs> stuck, stood out. As simple as that is, that stood out in his mind. And so when he goes to making hiring decisions, he's going to, to, to have that in his mind that this is a man who represents himself as a professional. Again, this is my ambassador, uh, who, who's going to represent me if I hire him. And it's such a simple thing. Comb your hair, brush your teeth, stand up straight, tuck your shirt in, uh, firm handshake, look him in the eye, say yes, sir. But these simple things are often things that techs have a hard time with. And, uh, so we just wanted to, to sort of, Sean coming from the, the corporate world where he was a, a vice president, he was in charge of hiring people. Um, that professionalism is a big deal. Professionalism Absolutely. is a bigger deal than your skill set. Honestly. Um, uh, Clarence Thomas, uh, was quoted as saying that good manners will open doors that the best education will not. And I've often said that a resume will help you get a job, but it's your people skills that will help you keep that job. Right. Right. Well, uh, Pete in the chat room actually makes a very good point is, uh, never be condescending, which, uh, we know, uh, especially the, the really good geeks really have a tendency to be, to be that way, you know, kind of come across as, you know, how much I know right. and really, uh, you know, put that out there. And that really, uh, doesn't really look good. So even in a job interview, certainly you want to make people aware of your skills, but you don't want to come across, uh, like you've got this huge ego because, uh, sitting on the other side of the desk, when you're talking to somebody like that, you just bells are ringing off in your head going, this guy's going to be a problem. So it doesn't matter how much he knows. Do I really want to deal with all the other baggage that's going to come with this guy? So uh, uh, certainly a great, great point, Pete. All right. And if you're you're applying for a position not as a team member but as a team leader, um, again, uh, every team leader is also a team member. Uh, you, you, they, your people who you're working who work for you have to respect you, and they have to feel that you respect them. And that's really all manners are. That's all politeness is. It's an outward way of showing respect. So, uh, you know, just again, not something we want to make a whole show out of, but something we felt needed to be mentioned, um, that, that we lack and, and we hear it, uh, when we talk to people, um, one of the feedback, uh, that we often get when people talk about the show is that they will say that, that we seem like such normal people, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you and Sean seem like real people. Well, you gotta understand there's the techs and there's the normals. Okay. We, we're not normal. <laughs> um, and, and some of us, uh, wear that as a badge of honor and some as a, as a condemnation, but we're not normal people. We're not the general population and we tend to cluster in with, with ourselves. And, and so we make ourselves feel normal and, you know, and, and we, uh, think that we are, but we're not, we're abnormal. We are, we are, um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm conjuring up visions of you are going to be like the dr phil of the tech guy world 
Now, hear me out here. Now, listen. Don't go blowing smoke up my skirt now. Um, uh, no, it's just, I think it's something that should be said more often. And I wanted to take this offer to opportunity to say it. Right. <laughs> Terry in the chat room says, remove your nose piercing, or at the very least, polish it. <laughs> Right. Because that's that. important. You know? I love that. They're starting to put that checkbox on, uh, uh, like, you know, when you do an interview and you yeah. checkbox, yeah. yeah. Nose piercing, Polished. rusty nose right. piercing. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> and, and the next thing I wanted to mention is, uh, something we had talked about, uh, on this podcast before, and it was, it was a sad thing. Uh, by the time this comes out, it'll be old news, but, uh, uh, Cisco bought the flip company who made the flip cameras, and last week, killed it they didn't sell it they just killed it and decided that the flip camera was no more now if you're not familiar with the flip camera i don't have one here i can show but uh it was a very simple little camera that pretty much only had like two buttons and the big one right in the middle was a a start stop and it was a high def 720p camera that you could carry in your pocket and only cost 150 to 200 dollars and uh, you you grab those things and and carry it with you and and wherever you are, uh, you've got uh, a really high quality camera and and they were very popular in uh, um, uh, education circles because they're durable and they're inexpensive uh, and kids can do great things and it was the software and it was great you could literally with like three button pushes post what was on the camera up to YouTube had a little USB dongle that popped out flipped right into uh, any camera uh, any computer I mean and, and posted it up there it was a great thing and now it's it is no more so if you see one out there uh, snag it up there will be replacements there are already things on the on the market um, uh, chat room is saying that uh, there's a Kodak uh, 12 megapixel uh, available for you know uh, forty dollars. Uh, there's there are other things out there. They're going to do the job. The 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 market isn't going away, but the market leader is. And I I don't understand that Cisco. I, I hope you change your mind. Uh, but rest in peace, flip camera. You will be missed. You know, that's one of the few things that, you know, education and uh, uh, not the tech guys so much as the educators have a real tendency to latch onto one certain thing and then they all just go crazy over it, right? And uh, that was one of the few things that I actually kind of agreed with. Right. You know, I mean, they were really cool. The teachers, students, everybody who laid hands on them could use them very easily. Yeah, there was zero training curve. You just get it. Yeah, you just give them the camera and boom, they go. And then next thing you know, we've got uh, these these student-created videos popping up on our website. Uh, so it was a really neat thing. And yeah, definitely hate to see those uh, fall away. Yeah. So goodbye, Flip. Yeah. Uh, another tool that uh, that Sean and I have been working with recently, we just thought it was it was such a tight waterproof sort of thing. Uh, it's the Hitachi Starboard uh, product. I, I'm not even sure. It's, Starboard Link, I Starboard think, is what Link. it's called. Yeah. I, I don't think it exists actually in nature yet. Uh, we we got on. Uh, we saw it at the TCEA convention in February, and expressed some interest uh, with the the company, and they put us on their pilot list and and sent us a couple of pre production units straight from Japan um to play with and and uh what it is is see i was very there careful. You go. what it is thank is, you i'm not the you only feel one better? yes uh the starboard link is a uh 
an additive to your existing smart board that makes it or to your existing whiteboard that makes it a smart board uh it's got a little infrared camera that goes up at the top of your your board and a reflective border that you put around the image area so you've got your projector shining on your board you put these little things and they're just magnetic you stick it right on most whiteboards are magnetic uh if not or they can, can be yeah they can be mounted you yeah. can use tape or screw them in um and they just stick right to the board the whole thing does plugs into a computer with a USB and and comes with it what I think is the best smart board software I've ever seen. Uh, we're familiar with the uh, the Mimeo uh, software and the e-instruction uh, so- software. Uh, this, this Hitachi software is better in a lot of ways. Uh, for one thing, uh, it's multi-touch. Uh, unlike those things, it's not a single touch. So if you've got an image up, you can do the, the iPad thing. You can touch it with two fingers and drag it and, and zoom it. Uh, you can write on uh, uh, write a word on the board and I think circle it and a context menu pops up. It'll hand, it'll recognize your handwriting and search Google for that word. Yeah. Uh, that's a really neat And then once you get there, you can circle part of the web page and drag it back into your document. It does instant screen capture. It's really, yeah. it's really cool. And I think they're going to hit the street at about seven fifty, um, which is dirt cheap, uh, in the smart board realm. Right. Uh, but we ran into a situation, uh, where it doesn't quite work on our boards. Um, they have some, some technical limitations about the size and the width of it. And, um, we already have, uh, cameras are, uh, mount projectors already mounted <laughs> yes. and they were a stationary mount. We couldn't really move it. And we, we kind of, the image size wasn't quite, quite right. And we really disappointed that these things weren't going to work out for us because we, we think it's a, a, a great tool and it's very tight water proved in, in both its cost and its functionality. And so, I got together uh, with Sean and, and the, a part-time guy that we hire here, uh, and we got to brainstorming some solutions. And we're it's not finished yet, but when it is, I'll take some pictures of it. We've come up with um, a, a frame that is the size of our projected image, just a wooden frame that we've stretched a, a white king-size bed sheet across to make a projection area. And then we hang the 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 reflective things and the thing and the the camera mount on top of that and you get this portable for a few dollars uh, i think this whole rig is going to cost us less than 75 dollars this screen that you can carry from place to place and and just hang it on the wall we've got a couple of uh beam hooks that there you can just hang it on some things and, and carry it wherever you go and so when, when we get all that done we'll uh, take some pictures and post it on the website but i think it's going to be really uh cool where say uh, 700 for this uh, uh unit and if you're boards don't happen to work out if they do then it's great you're done but if not uh for you know a few uh, a few dollars worth of material at home depot you can make one of these portable things and and um and go to town on it so we uh we're really bullish on the product the uh, uh hitachi uh starboard link do some google searching on that i think they're selling it but not delivering it yet, uh with the with the intention of having it ready for summer purchasing and fall installation Right. When we got on it, they weren't even selling it. And then, uh, uh, they were supposed to, I've got to go and look back at it even because it was supposed to be, uh, end of April, beginning of May, I believe. Uh, but yeah, awesome, awesome product. Sean, I'm going to switch to your camera. Show us, show yeah, them absolutely. what we've got there, uh, for the people who are watching. Um, it's, it's still rough. Uh, and it, we don't have the bed sheet stretched across it yet, but, uh, <laughs> Can you, let's see here. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you can see there uh, the top of the frame with two two eye hooks there, and it's it's, it's just a wooden frame uh, with just a few dollars worth of of uh, brackets and and uh, one by one material. Uh, we've made this thing, and it'll hang up. Um, I, I think the sheet was probably the single most expensive thing about it, uh, and we got that at like Walmart or something for for not a whole lot of money. Uh, so anyway, when it's all done, uh, we'll put that up there. But I, I just thought that was something that the tightwad audience would approve of because it, it really is a very impressive uh, a setup. And it's the cheapest that I found so far uh, smart board solution. It's it's more expensive than the tablets, which run 300 or so. Right. But, um, you know, we've often said tablets give you like 80% of the functionality or 90%. This brings you that extra. It closes the gap for a little more money. So, you know, maybe twice as much as you would pay for a tablet, but still about half as much as you'd pay for a smart board. Right, and I think uh, that extra twenty percent that you're talking about, especially when you're talking about uh, the younger children, is can be a pretty big deal. The kids like to get up there, and actually, when we installed the the first one, it was a little surprising because all of the high schoolers, even you know, can I get up? Can I go up there and touch it? Right. They they wanted to go and do it. So, you know, that whole part uh, that the teachers were always talking about is that you know it engages them. Um, I think there's there's some truth to that. I think. Uh, you know, especially again with the high schoolers, that's probably going to wear off over time. Uh, but, uh, uh, it's definitely cool, uh, inexpensive and, uh, seems to work just great. So there's our, our tribute to the starboard flip. Uh, and then one other thing I want who's, to, who's not paying us. Oh, by no, the way. no, actually the starboard I'm, link. Yeah, it was the yeah. flip camera. I, I need to talk to that Hitachi. Yeah, we, guy. Need, <laughs> we need to get some money out of this, aren't right, we? Right. <laughs> um, uh, and then one other thing, I, I'm going to let Sean close out uh, the thing, but I wanted to to make a note. Uh, I can't remember the the guy's name, uh, Coach something or other. He's a, a listener of the show, uh, contacted me via email, and, and we spent some time going uh, back and forth about this thing. Um, I think maybe when I've talked about this in the past, I haven't done a very good job of distinguishing multi-channel recording and multi-track recording uh, if you're doing a podcast. Right. Uh, so I wanted to talk about that. I've mentioned before the the, the mixer that we use is an Alesis uh, Multi-Mix USB 2.0, um, and it is a multi-channel, multi-track recorder. It can do up to eight distinct tracks of information uh, through uh, USB. There are firewire options that, that, that work as well. Uh, that means that Sean is in one track in Audacity. I'm in another track in Audacity. Uh, the Skype callers are in another track. I can mix them individually. Now, what this coach had bought was a multi-channel mixer, an inexpensive, I think it was a Behringer model, eight-channel. Okay, this is a little complicated, but what that gives you is independent volume control of eight different inputs. So you could have eight mics or whatever, and you can control them individually. But when they go out to the computer, you get two tracks, left and right, stereo. It's right. just your standard stereo mix. So you're not going to be able to have, just because you have eight mics plugged into it, doesn't mean you can individually edit those eight mics. So most of the stuff that you're going to buy, and in fact, I have mentioned before, um, I have to use Windows XP for this mixer because the newer drivers and the Linux drivers and the, and the Mac drivers don't give me that multi-track. They give me eight channels, two tracks, left and right. 
So a way around that, if you only have two sources, is you pan one person all the way to the left, the other one all the way to the right, and then on, in Audacity, you get your two tracks. Um, you, you get a single stereo track. You could split that up. Then you can edit the two individually. So if you're doing this sort of stuff on a budget, um, you're going to run into that sort of thing. Uh, this this mixer is what I think is the least expensive multi-track mixer you can buy, and it's about $400. But you can go out and find multi-channel mixers for $80. And so if you're looking for to set up a podcast class or, or whatever, you, you might get uh, tricked into or, or make the mistake of purchasing multiple channel recorders that aren't necessarily multi-track recorders. So always pay attention to how many simultaneous tracks it has. If it says it's a stereo mixer, that means you get two tracks. You get left and you get right. Now you can work with that, but it's not going to be as versatile as as a multi a true multi-track recording mixer. Did that make any sense? Yes. I felt like I was rambling there. No, it made sense to me. Okay. Uh, so, again, if you're looking at the mixer, I highly recommend that you just buy what I what I recommend, the Alesis Multimix 8, um, because I've looked at that. I've looked at lots of options, and it's the best mix of performance and price. If you skimp on pro- price, you're going to get lower performance. That's just the way it is. So anyway, there, that's what I wanted to mention about that, the uh, um, the tracks versus channels uh, thing. Were, uh, were there any questions about that in the chat room? You guys were listening. Did that make sense? Do, do, do. Oh, wait, that's yeah. copyright. I probably can't Oh, that. yeah, don't yeah. do that. Huh. We don't need Alex Trebek coming down from Canada <laughs> to whoop our... We would be, we would be in, in jeopardy. No, I can't. That would be wrong. All right. Well, Sean, uh, let's, uh, uh, let's wrap up with your observations from, <laughs> from the, the classroom. classroom. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what we're probably a little over halfway, I guess, then through this, uh, semester that uh, i've been uh, in the classroom teaching in the afternoons and uh went in there and you know obviously very optimistic and uh wanting to do uh podcasting and teach the kids all about podcasting and you know the idea that they can have one uh you know they can have a voice that can be heard around the world and um uh, so that you know very had all those optimistic thoughts going on and uh, have now been in the classroom for seven what seven weeks i guess i'm gonna something like no, nine that. weeks nine weeks okay yeah that's right we did yeah. just pass nine weeks and um uh, I've had some great successes and then some, some things, and I'm sure all teachers go through this, uh, but some things that are just kind of like, huh, you know, not going as well as I yeah. had hoped, you know. Um, one, I had a couple of girls that, uh, and I told all my classes this, I, I told them, uh, taught them how to do show notes and everything and taught them about guests and that, uh, you know, they could have guests on their show and, you know, whoever, you know, cause a lot of them, and we're, of course, we're out in the, in the country and, uh, uh, a lot of the kids were like, well, I can have my Uncle Buck come on the show and, you know, things like that. Talk about calf roping. <laughs> right. And I said, you know, that's fine if you want to do that. I said, but, you know, don't be afraid to think big. You know, is there somebody big in your world that you'd like to have on? And, you know, think about that. And, uh, you know, let's try to find a way to contact that person and, and see uh, if you can't actually get them to come on the show. Well, I, out of all of my classes I had, and I split my kids up into groups, so uh, they're on teams of either uh, from anywhere from two to four uh, students per team. And uh, these uh, two girls that were on the same team, and I did match them up 
by uh, similar likes and interests. And I kind of uh, poked around trying to get uh, at that uh, early on in the first week. And uh, they were fans of a popular voice actor, Liam O'Brien, who does uh, anime. And he also does a lot of uh, voices for uh, popular video games. And we're talking the big the big of the big video games, Call of Duty and all those kind of things. Yeah, I mentioned uh, the part-time guy that we hire. He's big into that sort of stuff. And, and when we were talking about that, uh, he looked him up on Wikipedia and was like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. That's great. He's the villain in this game. And, and he's the, right. the, the the main character in this cartoon. And so yeah, if you're I, in that world, he's a big deal. Yeah, he d- does the main villain for World of Warcraft or something like that. I don't know. You know, Mark and I did had no idea who he was but uh if you're a gamer or you're into anime or anything like that this guy's a big deal and he's not only a voice actor but he does a lot of uh directing of that type of stuff and everything so they somehow tracked down how to contact this guy via email and uh sent him something and i don't know if it was through a fan site or whatever but got him to actually come on their show and we recorded that actually a couple of weeks ago. I guess by the time this comes out, it will have been about a month ago. Uh, recorded the episode and uh, had him come in just very much like we do here uh, in our show. Uh, had him call in via Skype. and uh, Which he did on his iPhone driving down the highway in Southern California. Yeah, calling from Hollywood. So uh, really cool the the girls were you know giddy they were uh, just like you would expect a 12 year old girl to be uh, when they're talking to one of their idols uh, they were very giddy I told them you know get it out of their system beforehand <laughs> uh, which they did they did a really good job they and, went, ah! right uh, yeah and they, the interview went off great and they they sounded pretty good and yeah once once the show was over and it's funny of course I edited this out but uh, they said can we scream now <laughs> and I said yes you can scream go ahead and they and they did. They, you know, so I kind of wish I had stepped out of the room before they did that. But uh, so so that was great, and that was uh, so far the the glaring success. That was that was the really big one. And I've had some other ones that have done uh, good shows. There's a couple of kids who are really big into the rodeo scene, and uh, I actually kind of like listening to to their show. It's informative, and they do a good job prepping it. And uh, so they they surprise me. Uh, uh, other ones, uh, some of these kids, they just, I don't, I don't know that it's not that they don't get it. It's just, they don't want to get it. You know, they know what it is and they're just not really interested. Uh, to them, I guess, uh, it's kind of like back in the day, if you were comparing television and radio, you know, and for our, for our, uh, our age group when we were in school you know we didn't want to listen to the radio right. we wanted to watch tv so uh, so there is some of that and, and you, you have three different age groups the sixth graders seventh graders and eighth graders right and and you were telling me earlier that the sixth graders you know uh nine or ten or eleven weeks in are just now starting to get it just now and now yeah they i have to you know manage the studio time because they all want to get in the studio now so they're just now getting it right and they're you know we're getting into uh you know recording the third episode of their shows and so they're finally starting to to hit the groove uh the older kids seventh and eighth graders got it a lot quicker um and just are not as enamored by it so uh 
you know, I'm I'm struggling with that a little bit. The sixth graders, though, uh, the seventh and eighth graders really came up with content very easily. They were much better at that. The sixth graders, I had to really just over the shoulder just try to get them to to come up, and I was really just kind of planting seeds. Well, how about if you talk about this, and how about if you talk about that? And they just really didn't get it. Um, I just wanted to point out from a from a pedag- pedagogical point of view, as as the you know a teacher. Um, Watching this project unfold, you know, when uh, we, we, there was a vacancy, we had a teacher retire in the middle of the year, and and wasn't time to uh, to hire a replacement. So so Sean sort of stepped in and filled the gap. Um, and I, I wasn't really sure where this is going to go, but as I've watched this thing. It's one of the most interdisciplinary projects I've ever seen, uh, because you have the, the kids doing their writing. They're writing their scripts and they're, uh, organizing everything and, and they've, uh, they've got their outlines going. Uh, you, you've got the, the creative aspect of it, the arts. They're, they're recording their own bump music, uh, using, uh, tools like Aviary and Jam right. Studio that we've talked about on the podcast before. And, and, and then they're doing the production. So that's, you know, uh, it's, it's like a play or, or fine art sort of thing there. They're, they're doing it that. And then they're coming back and doing, they're learning about compression and noise removal. And you've got your computer science added into that. And it's, right. it's incredibly multidimensional, all the stuff that they're doing. It's not just tech and it's not just writing and it's not just performance. It's all of them put together. And you can really see the kids who are into it. Uh, some of them really get into the performance aspect of it. And so you'll have a group of, of three uh, kids sitting around in the studio. We call it a studio. It's a, it's a spare room right, that we put about $600 yeah. worth of stuff in. And yeah, now it's, it's almost a, studio. a closet. Yeah. Um, yeah, slightly, slightly larger than a closet. Uh, and the ones who shine in that environment, you can really tell. And, and then there, there are others who really shrink away from the microphone. But then you give those kids the, the, the raw files to edit on, the ones who shrink away from the mic, and they do all of that. And they're, they're, right. uh, crazy into that. And so it's really an opportunity for, uh, for each kid to learn, um, in their own way. And that's one of the things that we've, we talk about in education is, is, uh, multiple modes of education and multiple modes of learning. And, and while we enjoy podcasting and, and, and talk about it, uh, as an educational tool, I've really watched his class grow in that multidisciplinary way through this project. I, I highly encourage, I mean, and again, all the way down to sixth graders, uh, that we're doing this. I don't know why you couldn't do it at elementary. We don't have any experiment right. experience with it, but, but we're doing it all the way down to sixth graders and they're really blossoming and growing yeah absolutely and uh yeah i mean uh at at lower uh, age groups you may not introduce audacity although the things that we're doing are really not that complicated i think you could uh probably go down a couple more grades uh uh, certainly the writing and the, and then there's the collaborative, uh, aspect of that as well. You know, when you work on show notes, you all have to work on the show notes. You all have to contribute. And, uh, even the kids who you've got to kind of spur them on to contribute when things start going the way that they don't really like, they start speaking up. So even if they're, they're kind of the kid that doesn't really like to do anything, when they start seeing that team go in a direction and all of a sudden they want to step in there and have their say, cause that's usually how those kids are. So, uh, so it does certainly get them involved. And then of course, those are also the kids that usually tend to love the mic. So, <laughs> right. so, uh, yeah, it's, it's been interesting. Um, I will say my large class, which happens to be my sixth graders and I've got, uh, 23 of them now. Uh, it's a little bit of a handful. 
and you, you definitely have to have enough. And that's probably where my inexperience got me is uh, I didn't have quite enough to keep them busy all the time. So uh, I've been scrambling to catch up, and, and now I think I have. But uh, some things that I hadn't considered in the beginning, you know, I wanted them to kind of come up with their own ideas and everything, and they certainly can do that. But uh, now – uh, it's, I'm kind of turning towards, well, let's see what other projects are you doing with some of your other teachers? Right. And, you know, can we record something that has something to do with that? Or, uh, I can even, uh, cross that over into, you know, history and, you know, pick your favorite historical figure and do a podcast about that. So I'm looking at a uh, different, uh, rather than just kind of a talk radio show format that we do is, uh, turning them in other directions. Uh, one of their teachers had them, uh, write a mummy rap and, uh, uh, mummy W R A P. And, uh, so that was pretty funny. And I told him, right. And I told him, well, Hey, you got them doing this thing. And he, they were going to get something for having the best rap and everything. I said, well, you have these kids doing this. Why don't we record it? So now I'm kind of crossing over with him and doing a little bit of that. And, uh, so it, it's, it's certainly getting better, but, uh, uh, it, it's been, you know, it's been an up and down road. Right. So. And you're doing it, uh, with a true, cross-section of students you have some of the really um uh struggling learners right you know the the special ed kids uh and you have some of the best and brightest it wasn't a hand-picked class it was no you know no. We, again we've got a hole in the schedule to feel fill and let's dump every kid in there um and it's working for all of them on different levels uh but it is right. a project that is working so um Podcasting in the classroom is really something that I think everybody should look into. And I, I'll add to it that we're doing this on circa 2002 model computers. These are, right. uh, these are not high quality machines here. I think they are probably single core Intel, uh, Pentium processors. They're, they're very, uh, uh, low specifications by today's standards, but they handle it fine. Well, sure. And all they really need to do is the kids are using a web browser to do any research that they need to do. Uh, all of the show notes, just like ours, are done in, in Google Docs. And then they just need to be able to run Audacity. So, uh, you know, it doesn't take a lot of horsepower there. Right. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that was, that's the end of our hodgepodge. Uh, just some things that uh, we had on our minds and, and wanted to share with you. If you have something on your mind and you want to share with us, um, let us know. Contact us on the website, uh, thetightwadtech.com, uh, create a new forum. Let us know what's going on there. Uh, send us email. Uh, there's a, there's a contact page there on the website. Uh, hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, the Taiwad Tech on both those networks, or you can call us and leave us a voicemail. Uh, again, right there from our website, we've got a call, um, uh, a, a call me button. I forget a widget. That's what it is. Uh, or if you want to uh, call from your own phone, it's five three zero frugal two. Um, and so now let's move into the tips of the week. Uh, and uh, the first, the one I'm going to talk about is one I just discovered literally today. Uh, it's called uh, the Everything Search Engine, and it's from VoidTools.com. Uh, void as in there's nothing there tools.com um and it's uh for windows and linux as i let me let me read read this <laughs> maybe it's literally find it five minutes ago <laughs> no uh, i just couldn't remember maybe it's just yeah it's just for windows okay i, I okay. wanted to make sure i said that right uh it's just for windows uh and it uses um 
and uh, it's it's an end. Sorry, <laughs> my I'm 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 I have a bad. Yeah, but so uh, anyway, it's it's the everything search engine. Uh, it works. Uh, it works just for Windows, but it, it it blows Windows internal search out of the water. It's an index search uh, that indexes your hard drive. Uh, they say on the order of a couple of hundred uh, gigs per minute and wow. files that it can do. Um, I I didn't when I launched it. I didn't really notice um, that it was that it was running at all. It's it's not like the old XP uh, uh, file and index syncing thing, which was miserable. Uh, it's very lightweight. sits in the in the taskbar. Uh, you don't really know it's running. But then when you launch this thing. And you start typing, I mean, letter by letter, as you type something, it searches everything on all your hard drives that, that start by that letter. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's instant search. It's like, it's like Google's, like Google's like autocomplete. Google's, yeah, yeah, autocomplete thing. It's instant, letter by letter, as you type. And, and the few times I've used it, I haven't had to type the whole thing that I'm searching for. You know, right. in Windows, you go in and, and you type what you're looking for and, and it, uh, thinks um, about it for a yeah, while. Well, and, you got to tell it. Are you looking for files or folders or programs? This thing is just everything, it, and it indexes your hidden files and your cross-link files and your your system files that you didn't even really know were there. And it just finds everything. It's a great little tool. It's called the Everything Search Engine from VoidTools.com. And so that is my tech tip of the week. All right, I'll jump in with the teacher tip of the week. And this one, I was a little hesitant to really put it in here uh, because I think it's got some issues with classroom use. But I'm going to put it out there and then just tell you why, uh, what my thoughts are. Uh, it is geocam.tv. So G-E-O-C-A-M.tv. And what it is, it's just a, I almost did it. <laughs> what it is is. It is a, a Google Maps mashup with streaming video cameras around the world. And, uh, of course, this has some issues in that, you know, if you don't really know what you're clicking on, uh, you could possibly come up with some inappropriate stuff. Uh, it has uh, fixed cameras, fixed streaming cameras, and then it also includes quick. So if somebody's got a quick cam on installed on their phone That's and there's QIK, yeah, QIK, uh, if they're streaming from quick, uh, they'll randomly pop up on there as well. So you can see all these cameras throughout the world. And, uh, it, so it's pretty neat. I've clicked around it. I didn't personally see anything inappropriate at all. Uh, but just anytime you're doing this kind of activity, you wouldn't want to pull it up in front of students and just start randomly cl clicking on cameras. But there are some, uh, Japan had a ton of them. So if you're studying Japan, uh, go check it out. And as you zoom in on this and I see Mark's uh, taking a look at it now, uh, it has uh it's very easy to see which ones are the quick cams and which ones are just regular camera uh streaming cams and uh they'll also have little indicators and if an indicator has a number on it you can actually zoom in and that indicates that there's 50 kind of clustered in that area and so you zoom down and you go further and further on down and you've got all these cameras that you can choose from so you can literally go to uh just all these locales around the world and get these you know some of them are just uh like traffic cams and and you know just whatever uh 
So you'd probably have to look around for a while before you could find something that maybe would pertain to uh, something in the classroom. But uh, definitely, if you were studying Japan or Germany or something like that, and you uh, could go through there, and as a teacher, I would certainly screen it and go and maybe look and see if you can find an interesting camera or two in that area uh, to bring up and let the kids see. I certainly wouldn't also set students onto this by themselves. For the yeah, same reason. It's completely unfiltered. You don't know what you're going to find. Right? right, right. So that's why I say, you know, I, I did so with some reservation, but there certainly are some really, uh, the, you know, just it's really neat to be able to pop in and see a camera and, uh, uh, you know, you're right there in, uh, where, where were you, London there? I was in the Isle of Man looking at a traffic camera. Okay, there you go. So, uh, so yeah, take a look at it. See if you can use it. It's geocam.tv. Maybe just have some fun with it. Um, as I'm playing around and clicking through here, it uses, uh, the Shockwave Flash plugin, so you'll need to make sure you have that, uh, right. in your browser. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, did you want to mention in the chat room there? Oh, Gnome Do for Linux? That no, 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 no. Up a little bit higher. The other show? Yes. <laughs> so, so you want me to pimp out Be, the other yeah, show? Yeah, before yeah. I, before I, you know, say what I need to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I'm, I'm kind of scared. Oh, don't know what but, that, yeah. yeah, okay. Because <laughs> well, I was going to say that, but I didn't want to cut that. What off. is it I that? Mean, yeah, because once you say that, the show's over. That's right. right? That's that that's is right. the the the. I said good day, sir. For the, yeah, for the show. It the is. definitive um, end. Uh, slipped in the t- in the chat room wants me to uh, uh, remind you of the second uh, show that we've recently added to the Taiwan Tech Network, and that's called Everyday Linux, uh, and it is the show where we. Talk about living with Linux day to day. It's uh, it's not for the super gearheads. It's for the folks who are looking at Linux or or who uh, might be considering it. And we talk about very frankly uh, the good points and the bad points. And it's called Everyday Linux. You can find it right there at uh, our website, thetaiwadtech.com/slash/everydaylinux. You can find the past episodes as well as the the ones coming up. Uh, uh, as of the recording date, we have uh, uh, the date we're recording this. We have a new show. Coming out tomorrow, so uh, that's what that was going to be my next question. What day? I knew you were recording on Wednesdays, but you're releasing Tuesdays. They release on Tuesdays, and right now it's it's bi monthly, so every second Tuesday, uh, every every other Tuesday, not every second, but every other Tuesday, right, uh, right, they'll come out. And so uh, check it out. Uh, It's it's been something that's been interesting to delve into. Uh, That is not a show where I am the expert. I am uh, simply the host and uh, uh, two community members. uh, slipped and and tucks too uh, are the people who talk to it and we have our resident uh, Linux newbie uh, a girl who calls herself Ginger May who's uh, uh, sounds like she should be from Texas <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> She's a delightful young lady who is every bit the Linux newbie and uh, she keeps us honest so anyway uh, check it out thetaiwadtech.com uh, slash everyday Linux all right Great show. Okay, now I can't say anything else <laughs> because it's been said. The final word has been pronounced. That's right. That's it. Thanks for joining us, folks, and uh, we'll see you next week. For now, this is Mark signing off. And Sean signing off. <laughs>